Christians are supposed to be Christ-like, just as the name implied from when it was originally used in the first century, right up to our own postmodern world today. It's as simple as WWJD, right? Wrong. Join our show host, teacher, servant leader, and fellow traveler as we journey together in learning how lives daily renewed by God's grace and power can embrace Christian living that counts and makes a difference in a broken world. Greetings for Indie Book Publishing. This is J. Douglas Barker. Joining me from the continent of Africa is author and friend Jerry Lout, who has written a book titled Living with a Limp. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Jay. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, I haven't talked personally in a long time, but I noticed your book coming out a few months ago and reached out to you and said, you know, this book might be interesting to my listeners. Jerry, what in the world are you doing in the Democratic Republic of Congo? Are you there permanently, or is this a temporary assignment? Uh, No, it's a temporary assignment. We have been here for three months now. We're planning to return back to our Tulsa, Oklahoma home where it's a lot colder than it is right here in Kinshasa, Congo. Kinshasa is a city of about 12 million. It's the capital city of the Democratic Republic of Congo. Our son uh, works here with an organization, humanitarian aid organization, called World Vision. And I'm serving as an interim pastor for a three-month period during the leave or the furlough time of the pastor who actually serves an international church here in this city. Yeah. And have have you uh, always been involved in missions or outreach that would be religious in nature or humanitarian in nature? Well, my wife and I, my Montana wife, uh, and I came to East Africa in 1972. We were wet behind the ears and still in some ways still that we are. We were in our 20s and arrived in Nairobi, Kenya, in May of 1972, uh, about six weeks later, our firstborn child, Julie, was born. So needless to say, I have a very gutsy wife. So mm. she uh, stepped up for that. All three of our children were born in Nairobi Hospital in Kenya. We spent 20 years in East Africa, 15 of those in Kenya, five in Tanzania. And then the past, the, the last, the next, sorry, the next 20 years, uh, essentially, we served at the University of Tulsa in a Christian campus ministry called International Community Outreach that uh, we founded to serve the international student community in that petroleum engineering, primarily uh, an engineering university, cross-cultural background. Does your book deal with primarily your mission activities, or is it uh, something else? You've titled it Living with a Limp. Share with my listeners what that represents. Uh, well, it really doesn't get into the missional side of our living. I do look uh, forward to getting the second book out. So the dream that I have, the hope that I have, Jay, is to have a combination of three books. So there would be a sequel coming to this and then another sequel after the second book. This book uh, begins really with my father's journey, uh, literally his journey from the Oklahoma Dust Bowl uh, era of the John Steinbeck uh, Grapes of Wrath season of time. He was part of that uh, narrative, and as a young man, he rode freight trains to California out of Dust Bowl and depression-ridden Oklahoma to find work. So the story begins with Dad hopping freight trains to go to California. I was born in Berkeley, California, and my three siblings were all born in California of Oklahoma parents. Um, and then I was the youngest of the group, and we came back to Oklahoma when I was 
less than a year old, so I was mm. raised on a farm. And my my journey in this book, the narratives that I thread together in Living with a Limp, began with my dad's freight train rides to California and then proceed all the way going forward to my being raised on a farm in Oklahoma, a lot of the kind of adventures of, of a mischievous boy and some setbacks. And then with polio, I had polio. Uh, rarely does anyone have uh, the virus polio uh, more than once, and I had it two times. Mm. Um, so the story takes it through that journey, a very uh, critical journey, of course, for my whole family. And I was virtually moving toward a deathbed scenario in the middle 1950s. And then this book, this particular memoir, carries me right up through the time when, after having a wonderful recovery uh, from polio, which is credited so much to uh, faithful folks that just uh, trusted the Lord and went to bat for me in prayer, um, and just his mercy on my life, and some very good medical people who worked very, very hard with me. Um, and I came through polio, and then later I met and married my Montana sweetheart, and then we moved to San Antonio, Texas, where you and I met in college down there. And this is that is where the story ends in this book of my uh, new bride and myself leaving Oklahoma to head for San Antonio en route, ultimately, to East Africa and missions work. Phenomenal. And uh, I guess I, I will clarify for my listeners, uh, the fact that the book ends is not because you met me. It's uh, the end of that, that <laughs> the face of your story. <laughs> You, you, you have a, a very uh, I, I, not not just a colorful uh, book cover, but one that is uh, it, it draws you in. You have a, it, sort of the the sketch of a couple of boys sitting a tree. What does that represent to you and the story? Well, thanks for asking that. I mentioned earlier that I grew up on a farm there in uh, outside of a small community in north northeastern Oklahoma. And the imagery there, a couple of boys with their feet dangling from a pear tree, uh, depicts uh, an image representative of my older brother and myself. Uh, my brother, Tim, Timothy Arthur Lout, uh, was 13 months older than I. He was actually one year and one month and one day older than me. That's mm. still one of his claims to fame. Um, and so... Uh, so that represents us. We spent a lot of time climbing trees, climbing up on tractors that our dad taught us to drive, uh, climbing over hay bales as we were working in the hay fields and uh, doing a lot of mischief, a lot of fun stuff, uh, horseback riding and uh, other sorts of things. So uh, Tim was one of my great best friends. He's, he's passed away now, sadly, but uh, wonderful, rich memories of this amazing brother of mine, Tim. Yeah. Yes, yes, I, I knew Tim as well and, and uh, found him to be a fascinating and uh, wonderful guy. Uh, you Using the word living with a limp, uh, do you still have the results of polio that are evident that you deal with on a regular basis? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, thankfully, it's kind of at a, at a minimal level. A lot of people who know me are not even aware or barely aware that there's any kind of a trait of limp. When I was less than a year old, I had uh, the polio experience, my first uh, meeting with it, and that was when it left me with the limp that I do carry all the way until now. Um, and uh, my left leg is about an inch and a half shorter than my right one. My left 
foot kind of turns outward and is very flat. My toes kind of bend around in a weird kind of direction. And my right foot is a very high instep, so they are like opposite-looking feet, uh, and I have a built-up left shoe. Mm. Uh, when I had polio the second time, uh, well, let me just say that the first time I experienced polio, by the time I was recovering from it, uh, my parents then began to realize what the nature of the disease was, and I was re- recovering from it. So I was left just, you know, with that limp that certainly is there until today. And then the second time I had polio, I was nine years old. And uh, I have a little piece in the book here that just describes a little of those early moments when it was discovered that I was unable to walk entirely and was uh, hospitalized in a polio ward in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, this was before the time of the polio vaccine that came out, the soft vaccine. And so I just missed being under the wire for that. And that accounts for my being hospitalized with a lot of other polio kids. Yeah, could you read a, maybe a, a portion of your book to give my listeners an insight into your style of writing? Is it narrative? Is it uh, descriptive? How would you uh, how would you describe it? Thank you for that uh, question, Jay. I uh, I would I'd like to I'd like to feel that the book is is a book that communicated in a warm, uh, sometimes humorous, uh, easygoing style, kind of a campfire or a fireplace with a, with a, a nice cup of coffee or tea. Um, not heavy, heavy reading, but uh, pretty well saturated with a lot of uh, fun, adventurous kind of stuff and some drama and some heartache and uh, even some tragedy. I lost a brother to drowning when he was three and a half years old, wow. another brother. Um but uh, I'll start here and just give your listeners uh, a little sampling of the style of, of my writing for this particular memoir. I was nine years old. My legs simply stopped working. Behind our house, the ground sloped gently downward to a red barn where we boys often played. That was my brother Tim and I. Beyond this was a pasture. From a window, mother saw my struggle. I ambled from the barn toward the house. In mid-step, my leg gave way. I fell. Lifting myself up, I walked a short distance, then went down again. By the third or fourth tumble, Mom was hurrying my way. She helped me to the house. Dad responded to her call, and we were soon en route to the doctor's office. Learning of my earlier polio bout, that was when I was less than a year old, the physician assumed this was not likely the same affliction. By now, both legs entirely failed to work. I was admitted, my limbs weakened and stiffening into our local hospital. My condition worsened. Another physician was called in. He ran tests and soon conveyed his findings. Poliomyelitis, round two. Hillcrest Hospital occupies a spot near downtown Tulsa on historic Route 66. The virus spread rapidly across the country. Hillcrest administrators concisely labeled one of its areas the polio ward. The patients, mostly children, were confined to beds positioned at varied elevated angles. The positioning seemed to be dictated by specific treatments needed. Those with strained breathing muscles required a freer flow of air. Through an open doorway, I glimpsed a daunting one-occupant contraction a word my dad applied to any curious object. It reminded me at first of a giant tin can lying sideways. Several patients lay each in their own. 
iron lung, their exposed heads resting on a pillow atop a small extended platform. In most cases, I later learned the iron lungs kept them alive. We're very fortunate. In, we're very fortunate in in our current uh, culture not to have to deal with polio like we did back in the fifties and forties. I have a brother-in-law that also uh, was infected with polio and uh, has suffered uh, all of his life uh, in order to to function as a uh, as a, as normally as possible. Still has the effects of it, even though he's in his uh, late eighties. I think now falls off of ladders and has other issues with strength. A book that deals with your personal story. The the title again, "Living with a Limp." Why did you decide that you wanted to share your story, your early life? Well, there are probably three main reasons that I have when I look back and reflect the things that motivated me to uh, put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard. Um, one is just legacy. Um, I'm uh, I'm of a generation from the 1940s. I was born just the close of World War II. And so by now I have not only a wife, but a wonderful family of children and grandchildren and already a, a, a great-grandchild meddling on the way. So wow. legacy, passively preserving, uh, keeping narratives of my own journey uh, alive, of the ups and downs of life for my kids and grandkids. Uh, second has to do with just being a, an encourager to folks out there who, of course, there are many of us who have struggles in life. And even though the book is entitled Living with a Limp, which, which traces particularly to the physical side of my journey, the larger story regarding this uh, has to do with the fact that most all of us, probably all of us, do have a limp of some sort or another, some deficiency, some area that we uh, feel badly about uh, pain that has been imposed upon our lives or things that we have done that have brought about difficulty. So it's it's a, a means of kind of helping maybe to empathize with other folks who are going through experiences and showing at least this particular individual's uh, story of how adversity can be overcome and uh, people in our lives can make a huge difference in that journey. And then thirdly, that uh, it be a means of kind of outreach, of giving encouragement to folks who feel they have maybe no hope or very little hope. So it, it has a purpose, a dimension of it, to that that I hope that it can be an encouragement and a lift to folks who, who might be in need of just kind of seeking out for spiritual answers as well in their lives. I found the greatest uh, adventure in my entire life has been related to my spiritual uh, encounters and exposure to the knowledge of Christ in my life. Fabulous, Jerry. Thank you for for joining me today and sharing your story. Listeners, this book, you'll find it entertaining, informative, insightful. Read that you will enjoy and want to pass along. The title of the book, again, is Living with a Limp. My guest has been Jerry Lout, L-O-U-T, if you're doing a search online. And Jerry, my listeners will want to get a copy of this. How do they do so? Thank you so much again, Jay, for having me on today. Um, the uh, Amazon.com, I actually self-published it through Amazon, uh, through their arm called Create Space. So Amazon.com has it available. It's actually rated currently as a five-star book. The reviews that are there, and I would welcome anyone who does read it to, uh, to uh, send in a review, whatever that might look like. Uh, and they also have it available on Amazon.com in the Kindle form, 
So it's in Kindle as an ebook, uh, as well as in hard copy. So again, thank you so much for having me with you today. It's great to hear your voice and hey, great talking be on the program. Jerry, it's been great visiting with you as well. Listeners, you also can do some creative stocking by looking for Jerry under his name, Jerry Lout, L-O-U-T. I think he has a website by that same name, www.jerrylout.com. And as you do so, you'll be able to keep in contact with Jerry and his current writing and any book that comes out in the future. My guest has been Jerry Lout, the author of the book, Living with a Limp, and he's joined me from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Thank you, sir, for being a part of today's program, and it's great to hear your voice again. Hopefully, we'll get to talk in the future when the next book is released. All right. Thank you again, Jay. Take care now. My pleasure. For Indie Book Publishing, this is Jay Douglas Barker. Join us again for Christian Living That Counts.